Starcourt Study Hall contains spoilers for all seasons of Stranger Things. Episodes may also contain graphic content and language not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts unless otherwise stated, and all content and characters are property of Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. I'm Marina. And I'm Amanda. And this is Starcourt Study Hall. Welcome back to Daylight Savings Time. No. (laughs) (laughs) I reject it. We here in the United States just moved into our very last ever Daylight Savings Time. And it feels great because now I'm going to wake up in the sun, which is nice. So welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back to the sunlight. But other than that, today we have a really fun episode for you. And we are going to talk about... Our favorite unlikely pair, Steve and Dustin. They're my favorite. Me too. I just love them so much. They're like watching unlikely animal friends. Oh yeah. <laughs> like a like a moose. Yeah. And like a frog. <laughs> unlikely animal friends. Unlike you know, you're never gonna see that a moose and a frog. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> you so, just never know. In order to explore this really fun friendship we've decided to use the myers-briggs type indicator test which we did a little bit in season one yay so we are gonna get into it i believe we did it with a hopper and joyce right yes we did a jopper mbti yeah and the people loved the jopper mbti they did so i'm hoping the people love the stustin mbti as well (laughs) stustin sounds like like a like a cleaning product or to like me. a cold medicine yeah or no definitely it's like a cold medicine yeah. did you take your stustin i know that you're <laughs> Ro- robustustin yeah oh my god yeah that's where i'm getting that from <laughs> so anyway so for those of you who don't know what the mbti is or the myers-briggs type indicator we will give you a, a little overview again um just like we did in the first episode so This is a personality test that was developed by Isabel Briggs Myers and her mother, Catherine Briggs, in the 40s, and it was published in 1962. The test, or sometimes it's called a personality inventory, was modeled after Carl Jung's theory of psychological types, which was introduced in the 1920s. Hmm. Yeah. According to MyersBriggs.org, the essence of the theory is that much seemingly random variation in behavior is actually quite orderly and consistent being due to basic differences in the ways individuals prefer to use their perception and judgment. So I just want to say we we understand that this is maybe not the most accurate. It's really just for fun, but it is based in some psychology. For sure. It could be real, but... People use this test for all sorts of purposes. Yeah, yeah. So today we're just using it for fun, but if you go and do the test, just know it's uh, it's not a, a psychological or scientific tool. It's really just for fun. So the personality test has two goals. It is to identify preferences in regards to the four dichotomies present in Jung's theory. So the four dichotomies are as follows. We have extroversion and introversion, and in the test, those are identified by the letters E and I. And what that means is, do you prefer to focus on the outer world or on your own inner world? 
and most of us know kind of the difference between extroversion and introversion. Do you get more energy from being around other people or do you kind of recharge when you're more by yourself? Mm -hmm. The next dichotomy is sensing and intuition, which are represented by the letter S and the letter N. And that means, do you prefer to focus on the basic information you take in or do you prefer to interpret and add meaning? The next dichotomy is thinking and feeling, which are represented by T and F. When making decisions, do you prefer to look at logic and consistency or first look at the people and special circumstances? So this this dichotomy kind of makes me think of like, are you more of kind of a black and white thinker? Mm, yeah. Or, or are you kind of taking in all of the factors? And then the last dichotomy is judging or perceiving, which are identified by J and P. However, the last time we took this MBTI, the P stood for perceiving. Yeah. But it seems that it now stands for prospecting. There were a couple of changes that I noticed to the website that we used. Yeah, there were a couple little things. I was like, that's different. That's also different. Right. Like I was looking for the same percentage breakdown that we had last time and it just wasn't there. I found it, but it took some, yeah, it took some, I had to, I clicked around a lot. Yeah, it was, they definitely like rearranged the website Mm -hmm. a little bit, Um, but I'm, I'm intrigued by this name change. I do wonder why that is, but I don't know. They didn't say anything about it. Perceiving was the old one and now it's prospecting. Yes. So Hmm. this dichotomy is in dealing with the outside world, do you prefer to get things decided or do you prefer to stay open to new information and ideas? So... I don't know why they changed it to prospecting, but that's what it is. This reminds me of Toy Story 2. Me too. I just think of the prospector. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the other goal of the MBTI test is to identify the 16 personality types that result from those four dichotomies. So this will probably seem familiar to you if you've never even taken it. The, The personality types are represented by four letters, like I mentioned earlier. So an example would be ESTJ, INFP uh infj something like that Mm -hmm. so you've probably seen these around um even if you've never taken the test yeah and like i said we aren't using the actual mbti because it costs money to take it we use 16personalities.com and it's free it uses the same dichotomies sort of and it uses the same types as the regular myers-briggs but it costs fifty dollars. Does it really? Yeah, and then for us to be doing this for like multiple pairs, I think it would eventually <laughs> cost us lots of money. <laughs> I know, not to mention we're doing this for fictional characters, so I'm not sure it's worth True. it. True. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're using the test on sixteenpersonalities.com to do this, and it is free. And another one of the changes that I noticed was you can now associate different test results with one account so like Hmm. on my email i now have my hopper results and also my dustin results cool yeah and it now tells you that that it recommends you retake the test every six months which is just like come to our website and use the (laughs) website (laughs) why do i need to know like but i just want to make a couple of points before we really get started And Amanda kind of already did this a little bit, but this is a point made just by MyersBriggs.org. And it says, the goal of knowing about personality type is to understand and appreciate differences between people as all types are equal. There is no best type. Good to know. Yeah, I like that little note. And 
as you already know, we took this test today as Steve and Dustin. I chose Dustin, Amanda chose Steve, which um, which means that for this episode, I am in love with Amanda because <laughs> I love Steve. So I just, Aww. I wanted you to know that Thank you. going in, okay? <laughs> but we love Dustin and we feel like their relationship is particularly relevant to season two, obviously, because mm-hmm. that's when it starts. So I think the goal, as it was with the Jopper episode is to see how accurate we feel like our results are based on what we know about these characters from the show and obviously we answered the questions from the test with their actions and feelings from the show in mind right and i did the same disclaimer on the jopper episode but i'm gonna do it again (laughs) because i don't want people to get confused we are not actually steve and dustin just bear with us as far as like our limitations are concerned we are also not joe right or gayton no so we we just need you to keep that in mind as well we are marina and amanda we are we are we're we're just pretending we're just pretending let's just get right to it all right steve (laughs) so the the way we're planning to do this is we are going to go back and forth so that you can kind of hear the comparison of the two personality types a little bit easier so our first section and i'm going to start as steve our first section is type and percentage breakdown all right so for steve the type that i got was esfp otherwise known as the entertainer (laughs) (laughs) it's it's like already perfect i know it's so good that the little um avatar actually kind of looks like (laughs) let me look hold on it totally does right (laughs) or like johnny bravo it does look a little bit like johnny bravo with with dark hair yeah yeah the entertainer okay entertainer so his percentage breakdown was that he was 82 percent extroverted which i would ki- i would say is fairly accurate i think Steve yeah. is, is mostly extroverted yeah um, i would agree he's not a super introspective kind of guy mm-hmm. um he got 85 percent observant so in the sensing and intuition area he's very observant not not so intuitive but very, okay very observant yeah, I'll, I'll talk more about that later. It, that's an interesting one. Observant is not the first adjective I would think of when I think of Steve, but... No, but, but there is some something... Ways. Yeah, and there's something that I noticed about this test in particular. Sometimes the definitions of these words that we're applying to them, once you actually read what the intention is mm-hmm. behind the choice of the word, it's like, oh, okay, I see what you mean by observant, and right. it's not like what we typically think of. Right. And then for f for feeling he got 51 percent feeling so he actually got a pretty even mm-hmm. breakdown between thinking and feeling which yeah at first when i heard feeling i was like yeah i don't know but i'd say like later season steve is is very he thinks with his heart a lot yeah so yeah there's a very even split there though and then the last one between judging and prospecting he got 69 nice percent prospecting hey <laughs> i like just the nice move on it's a, nice it's a quick a quick insert nice uh, cool. anyway <laughs> what not a quick insert oh no <laughs> okay anyway so 
this one I wasn't super sure about because for like the description for someone who has like a high level of prospecting, it said they tend to be flexible nonconformists who value novelty over stability. And I thought, yeah, maybe old Steve. I think like very early season one, Steve might value novelty above stability. Um, Sure. So that answer in itself made me realize, too, that taking this test for him was actually very difficult because Mm. his personality shifts so much. Very true. I feel like Dustin is pretty much himself from when we meet him. But Steve kind of has like a 180 in his personality. So this one was a little tricky for me. So there's definitely some answers in here that apply way more to Steve's old personality. But I think for the most part, it it does take into consideration that he's changed quite a bit. And then the last part, we didn't mention this, but this test assigns kind of an overarching type to each type. And it's going to be either turbulent or assertive. So what that means is that if you have a high assertive score, it means you're you're more confident in the way yeah. that you navigate through the world. Um, and turbulent is, is like you're a little bit more unsure. Steve got 56% assertive, which I think is a, a really good score for him because I think that he gives a lot of the outward appearance of confidence, but he's definitely quite insecure inside. So yeah, I, I thought that was a good one. I think that like the fact that some of his quote unquote old Steve mm-hmm. shows up isn't inaccurate though, because like right. it's not removed from his personality. Yeah. It's just he's evolved and matured. You know, but he's still right. going to have those tendencies. Right, right. And there's a lot of parts of this quote unquote old Steve that are good, are great. His confidence yeah. and his his gregariousness and, mm-hmm. you know, his willingness to just talk to people like and he's a good team player, which mm. comes definitely from him being involved in sports and stuff in high school. You know, all that stuff still sh- shines through, but he was able to evolve and move past the not so good parts of his old personality so i i thought that that was a great score and then they added this other area that i have not seen before so i liked this it was cool yeah this was interesting i didn't talk too much about it because it it had a page all its own so i didn't Mm want to get like too off topic but they added this other area i forget what they call it another parameter a role yeah and a strategy oh that's right so yeah a role and a strategy so he got as his role he got the explorer which i thought was funny that's henry i know (laughs) and then his strategy was called people mastery (laughs) which i thought was great and this this strategy is assigned to people who get both the e and the a so people who are both extroverted and assertive in their personality type get people mastery Mm. and I liked some of these things here that it said about him. And one of the quotes is people masters are not fond of grudges and at heart they want to bring people together and make things happen. Yeah, it's true. And I loved that for Steve. I I think if if you've ever taken strengths quest out there, any of you, if you've ever taken the strengths quest test, it's the one where it gives you like the top five strengths. He would get harmony. Oh, yeah. I have that as my second. Oh, I should take that test. It's really fun. I love strengths quest. I, I think it's honestly much more like comprehensive than mbti yeah. but you genuinely can't take strengths quest without paying for it like there's, oh, just, there's just no way around it but yeah i think he would get harmony and that is the one that's assigned to people who are good at bringing together people who otherwise would never work together so i think that's a really good one for steve <laughs> i agree <laughs> and he's not a grudge holder either at least after his incident in season one i feel like yeah he kind of gets over it he moves past holding grudges so yeah that's kind of the the type and percentage breakdown for steve so how about Dustin? nice so dustin got 
E-N-F-J-A, which tells you that they're both people masters. That's right. Yeah. The protagonist. So we don't usually think of Dustin as our protagonist, but Mm. I do kind of think he has protagonist energy. He sure does. (laughs) His little (laughs) avatar kind of reminds me of like what he would look like as an adult also. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's E-N-F-J-A, the protagonist. And Dustin was really middle of the road for pretty much all of his percentages. Mm. So he didn't have a lot of extremes, which, I mean, Steve had two in the 80%. Dustin was pretty much straight 60 through 70. So he got 60% extroverted. Extroverts are interested in engaging with their environments, and they feed off the responses of the people and the events around them. I kind of agree with this for Mm -hmm. Dustin. I talk a little bit more about this later, how I could have probably seen him safely in either light introverted or extroverted but i looked into the other personality type with the infj and i just it didn't there was a critical piece of his personality missing without the e yes and infj is our personality type yeah i don't know if we (laughs) if we match dustin all that much (laughs) we definitely do not i don't think Um, so So he got 63% intuitive, so that's the N. Their lives are one of questioning, wondering, and connecting the dots in the bigger picture, and they love the theoretical. (laughs) Yes, he does. (laughs) This was so funny to me because there's the song on the score called Connect the Dots, remember? Yeah, oh my god, yes. And there's also Theoretically. Yes, wow. Yeah, Yeah. so I was just like, okay, so that's very Dustin, that... That sentence in and of itself. And this part... (laughs) Oh, my God! An an entire theory can come together in moments, leaving others confused. Wow. Okay? Wow. So I actually went so far as to take screenshots from season four because I was just like, this is so Dustin. So this, this part about an entire theory coming together in like seconds and everybody else is just kind of sitting there like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) Reminds me so much of Dustin in the massacre at Hawkins lab when they're in the Wheeler house, right? After Mm -hmm. they've just been caught at Lover's Lake and he starts to piece together what's going on with the gates and he's working through like how the mind flayer factors into everything and why Vecna is killing teens. And he's like, it seems so random. Why is he killing teens? And then Lucas and Erica are just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like Dustin's like, wait, 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 wait. Like he starts to piece it together. Yeah. And Lucas is like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> and, and then Dustin's like, without saying anything, he's like, this is the answer. Yes. Right? And Lucas is like, what is the answer? (laughs) He's just formulating this entire thing in his head. Yes. Yeah. So that part, I was like, all right, that is Dustin. That is Dustin. That is Dustin. Earth to Dustin. (laughs) And then he got 66% feeling. So I think I can agree with feeling, but only because it's 66%. Right. Right. This is like really middle ground. And it leaves room for the thinking trait to come through on the opposite side. Yeah. We know Dustin is a thinker, but I think where thinking kind of falls off is that it sort of de-emphasizes the emotion. Mm-hmm. And I think Dustin is also a lover. Like He is. He's a people person. The ENTJ type, which is the thinking with the other three letters, is the commander. And it even alluded that like thinkers feel that emotions are a weakness. And no. It's just not Dustin to me. No, and I I feel like 
he's definitely more of a thinker in my head. Mm-hmm. So like the you know the F is a little confusing to me, but like you said, the commander is definitely too extreme for him. Yeah, because it's not even so much that it like he needs to leave room for emotion, but he's just mm-hmm. such a full scale thinker like he yeah. he's not gonna leave any stone unturned and Mm-mm. even if that means we're we're involving emotion and thinking with your heart instead of your head he's he's gonna go there like he yeah. will he will inspect every possible solution right so that's kind of what i meant when i said like i did look into the other types for him and i yeah. flipped some of the letters but there was always a critical component to his personality missing from the other ones whereas i feel like the protagonist really captures like a full scope of his personality yes he was 60 percent judging so again we're like right on the cusp here mm-hmm. and i agree that dustin is more judging than prospecting but 60 percent captures him well because he has traits from both yeah prospecting types tend to be creative thinkers which i think dustin definitely is but it also says that they tend to be impulsive whereas i don't really get an impulsive vibe from dustin maybe in some ways like with dart he kind of just like it was like i want the dart but at the same Uh, time like we spent the whole time he had dart talking about how out of character it was for him right yeah (laughs) yeah and whereas judging types, which is what Dustin did get, they're a little bit more strategic about their decision making, but it also says they can be rigid. So mm. I don't know, because I mean, Dustin's definitely strategic, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I would call him rigid. I think he still has flexibility. The only just thing I was going to say about rigidity is actually something you put all the way at the bottom of this section, because mm. I was going to talk about how in season four, he does kind of become a little full of himself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that it, it definitely lends itself more to like the people mastery area later. Right. Yeah. And he got 67% assertive. So again, we're all just like, we're, we're all just very in middle of the road here with yeah. Dustin. Yeah. But I think that makes sense. Dustin's role is diplomat, mm-hmm. which like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It makes me think of in season four when he's playing D&D and mm-hmm. he would much rather like talk with everybody and figure out what the next move is yeah. than, than just like go for it and, you know, take the win. Like he wants to take the win with everybody. Yeah. I'm sending Dustin as my envoy to mm-hmm. a country that I need like a good person to represent our country. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's just very, he is diplomatic. He really is. Right they'd rather diplomats would rather cooperate than compete and i think particularly of season one when he's like okay like mike and lucas can you please just make up now (laughs) like he was able to recognize that the party being fractured was more of a weakness than them being actually whole and working together and i also think we talked a lot in season one about how he was mature beyond his years as far as the relationship dynamics were concerned Mm mm-hmm And then like Steve, his strategy is also people mastery, which is fun. I love that. I know. But there was a trait that I picked up, which is what I think you were just talking about. Yeah. If they don't keep themselves in check, people masters can become too confident. And that just reminded (laughs) me of Eddie and Steve in season four when they're like, it's his tone, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) When Dustin is so certain that he's right. And then Eddie is like, is this, this is tone. Yes. (laughs) It's 100%. Like, that whole area, that's Mm -hmm. so good. Yeah. I honestly feel like you nailed it more with Dustin's personality type than I did with Steve's, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. 
So our next area is just kind of some general points about the personality for each person. I didn't add too, too much to this area Mm -hmm. for Steve. So I just took some quotes, actually. So this was kind of in like the general notes for the entertainer personality type, which again is ESFP. ESFP. Yes. (laughs) Yes. ESFP. Ah. Ah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So here's a quote. It says, no other personality type is as generous with their time and energy as entertainers when it comes to encouraging others. And no other personality type does it with such irresistible style. Mm. Is that not Steve? Like, I agree. Yes. We talked about how much time he sacrificed. Like he wouldn't write his college essay. Right. Yes. He wanted like he like didn't do that to go help Nancy. I know. With Bart. Like he's very self-sacrificial with his he time. Is. He, he really is. And like, I'm going to keep saying this throughout. It's just so interesting to talk about Steve in this way and then think about how he was in like the first five or six episodes of season one. And it was just not that way at all. I know. But like, even in even in the first five episodes, we talked about this in our Stancy episode. He wanted to spend time with mm-hmm. Nancy. Like, he did. Let's and- study. Let's do like, quote unquote. Like, yeah. he <laughs> wanted to spend that time. He did. And, and like... Yeah, it was becoming clear that he was definitely moving away from that old kind of high school jock jerk personality mm-hmm. because he obviously was not considering Tommy and Carol as much anymore. Mm. So even from the beginning, he definitely was moving away from that. So it's it's fun to do this and, and just see the way that like all those old pieces of his personality really become positives. Mm-hmm. And then just one other quote, it's a little long, but I thought it was great for him. Though it may not always seem like it, entertainers know that it's not all about them. They are observant, very sensitive to others' emotions. People with this personality type are often the first to help someone talk out a challenging problem, happily providing emotional support and practical advice. Mm -hmm. However, if the problem is about them, entertainers are more likely to avoid a conflict altogether than to address it head on. Wow, that's spot on. (laughs) Entertainers usually love a little drama and passion, but not so much when they are the focus of the criticisms it can bring that's good yes it just gave me like him just sort of accepting (laughs) that jonathan was with nancy now yeah like he realized that he was just not the best person Mm -hmm. for her at the time and he just kind of rolled over and accepted it and rather than create a conflict about it he just went along with it yeah but it also reminds it reminds me too of him emotionally supporting robin Mm -hmm. right But then when it came to Dustin in season four being like, are you going to acknowledge your feelings for Nancy? And he didn't want to talk about it. So like very there for Robin. But like when it came to himself, he was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So like he can help somebody else acknowledge their feelings and work through them. But when it comes to acknowledging his own feelings, no, no. Not so much. Until the end of season four. Yes. We'll get there. So yeah, that was that was my general points for Steve. What do you got for Dustin? So um, I have a few quotes as well. Few things bring protagonists a deeper sense of joy and fulfillment than guiding friends and loved ones to grow into their best selves. Adorable. I know. So I had a question. Do we attribute any of Steve's growth to Dustin's friendship? Yeah, I think I so. I think so, right? Right? And, and vice versa, honestly. Are we saying the same things? Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so you think some of dustin's growth comes from steve too oh i think so oh yay i think so too i think i think they have a very symbiotic relationship i think Mm. they needed each other i just read a weird book about a symbiotic relationship 
Ooh. I'll tell you about it later. Sounds exciting. It was called Mexican Gothic. If anybody else has read that, they'll know what I'm talking about. Oh. Um, anyway, these personality types have an uncanny ability to pick up on people's underlying motivations and beliefs. So we kind of already talked about this, but this reminds me of um, his awareness of the party's <laughs> hierarchy in season one a little bit when he's very like pragmatic about Mike, you know, Lucas is your best friend. You can't really have more than one best friend. And even though that's not necessarily true in real life, yeah. it kind of is, right? Like, he's like, you just right. can't really actually do that. Like, I mean, right. Like, if we're going to go with, like, the literal definition of the word best. Best. Yeah. Right. So he was just very aware of something like that. And he didn't really seem to take much offense to it. He was like, that's no. just the that's just the way this is, right? Like, you and Lucas have been here forever. And I moved in later. And that's just the way that it is. The self-awareness on this kid. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's just, he's got a very keen sense of how things work. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the underwork, underworking? Inner workings. Inner work. I don't know why lately. Underworking. <laughs> take it on the knee. Um <laughs> Which, by the way, for any of you who did listen to our Lost Sister episode, I figured it out. It's take it on the chin. Yes. Eli figured that out, too. While I was editing it, he was like, what the hell is take it on the chin? I was like, I don't know. I don't know what she was trying to say. No, take it on the knee. Or yeah, yeah, that one. I was like, I don't know what she's trying to say. He was like, does she mean take it on the chin? I've never heard that. But yeah, also, Dustin, when he calls out Steve in season four, Mm -hmm. when when he's like you're, what did he say he's like so are we gonna talk about it yeah because steve and dustin go off in one direction and robin mm-hmm. and nancy take off in the other one and dustin's like do you you gonna make it any more obvious that you wanted to go with nancy or <laughs> he's gonna we, stand here and gawk or we good <laughs> he's just very aware yeah and then my last one is while this personality type is known for being insightful even the wisest protagonists may sometimes misread a situation or unwittingly give bad advice and i was not aware <laughs> That 16personalities.com was a Vecna truther. But okay. Yeah. Sounds like they are. Excuse me, 16personalities.com, telling (laughs) us that Dustin is wrong. Hate that. I mean, you know, we we know he has been wrong before, but I, I... I still refuse to believe it. All right. Whatever. Let's talk about strengths. Let's talk about strengths. So here's some strengths for Steve. Steven. Fativen. <laughs> In slow motion. Fativen. Fativen. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. So one of his first strengths is bold. Entertainers. And brash. Yeah. Oh my God. I want that painting so bad. I told Eli when it's we It's on moved- Etsy. 100%. I, I, need to- I told Eli when we moved in, like we needed to get a giant painting of that and we still haven't anyway bold entertainers aren't known for holding back wanting to experience everything there is to experience people with the entertainer personality don't mind stepping out of their comfort zones when no one else is willing yeah i thought this was particularly good to mention considering the stuss and friendship like Mm. steve was just immediately on board true he was like yeah sure we'll find the nail bat let's go (laughs) literally (laughs) yeah no problem i'll help you destroy this lizard he does that so many times. He did yeah. it in season one, too, when he was gonna leave and then he yes. saw the lights flickering again inside and he was like, better go back in there. When no one else is willing. Russian mall base. Yeah. Like spies. Is, you know, like, I'd say a better word for it than bold, honestly, is brave. He's very brave. Yeah. And he very self-sacrificing, like, like we've mm-hmm. mentioned. Another one is practical. Now hear me out. <laughs> to entertainers, the world is meant to be felt and experienced. Truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah, it is. 
<laughs> well, it's too bad this show is nonfiction. Yes, it is real, as we know. <laughs> the truth is stranger than fiction, and entertainers prefer to see and do rather than wax philosophical about what ifs. Now, wax. Yeah, like like waxing poetic. It's like going on and on about okay, yeah, stuff. So yeah, practical is not the first word that comes to mind when I think of Steve, but. I do feel like he's not interested in analysis, physical, yeah. uh, like like philosophical thought. Like he's just not like a theoretical dude. He's just a doer. He's mm-hmm. he's like, okay, please tell me what this situation is, cut and dry, and yeah. let's handle it. This is what I mean when I said the words that they choose to assign mm-hmm. to some things don't feel right at first, but then when you actually read, it's like, okay, I get what you're saying by practical. Right. And the other piece of practical that I, I didn't really write down, but I just really thought of is that at least season four, Steve, he begins to be able to envision his future in a very solid and practical way. Like he doesn't have this vision of the future where he's like, I'm going to travel all these places and I'm going to mm, uh, yeah. experience all these wild things. He, all he wants is just an RV full of children and the person he loves the most. And he wants to take adventures, of course, but he just, he just wants a little stability and, and some practicality. And I just thought that was sweet. Like that's just what it makes me think of too. Yeah, I think that stems from his parents' relationship. Mm-hmm. For sure. Which we know mm-hmm. nothing about, but other than it's We're not We're making good. inferences. Yeah. yeah. We, we know it's not great, so. Mm-hmm. Another strength that they have is excellent people skills. Oh. Another great strength that Steve has is excellent people skills. So it says, more so than things, entertainers love to pay attention to people. They are talkative, witty, and almost never run out of things to discuss. For people with this personality type, happiness and satisfaction stem from the time that they spend with people they enjoy being with. So mm-hmm. it kind of goes back to like what I was saying before. Marina is just dying because I took one word out of the description. I took the word though out and Marina, is just, this is just the funniest thing she's ever seen. I'm sorry. <laughs> so people with this personality type, happiness and satisfaction stem from the time they spend with the people they enjoy being with. And I think that's especially true for Steve. He's definitely a people person. Even in the beginning, he's just interested in hanging out with people he wants to be around. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning, unfortunately, those people are Tommy and Carol. Boo. But that that stays pretty consistent though throughout the series where he's just he just wants to be around people he's very rarely on alone his own. do we ever yeah. get any scenes of steve <laughs> by himself ever oh, mm, i mean yes but not like they don't last so like yeah. when he's approaching the wheeler house right. to give nancy flowers he is alone but then he sc- scoops up dustin right. real quick yeah we almost never see him on and his when own. he goes to apologize to jonathan yeah he goes alone to the buyers yes which but is then that's a great Nancy point though because when he needs to be vulnerable yes he's able to do it by himself yeah like he did he doesn't take anybody to accompany him when he's handling business yes except for in season one when he takes tommy and carol to discover that nancy is most definitely cheating on him with jonathan yeah but like to me that's not vulnerability no that's you know? just like hey we should go yeah he's feeling mean. insecure and yeah. untrustworthy and yeah yeah and they're obviously going to feed into that so so a lot of the strengths here were more about like putting on a show and like aesthetics and standing out and i think that if all of this never happened and steve was still living his best like king steve life maybe that would all apply but he's much more grounded now than that and i just i don't 
see that in his personality too much where he's concerned with what other people think mm-hmm. and the way he's going to be perceived. I mean, he definitely does still have some of that insecurity going into the later seasons, but it it's definitely dissolving. Yeah, I agree. And especially in season three, you see, and season four even, mm-hmm. he can't get a girl anymore. No. You know? King Steve is, is he's no he's, more. Yeah, he he can't do it. Yeah. So how about some Dustin's strengths? So Dustin's strengths, the first one is receptive. Mm. Protagonists have strong opinions, but they're far from close-minded. So this got me thinking of Dustin's acceptance of and kindness towards Elle in season one. Mm, True. Yeah. He was a little bit skeptical at first, but he accepted her pretty quickly like oh yeah much faster rel- than lucas for relative sure. to lucas yeah. not quite as quickly as mike but he was like the middle ground yeah and he saw the good in her right yeah so he's definitely not close-minded also just generally i don't think any of our characters can really afford to be close-minded anymore no they have to accept and adapt to what the heck is going on around them <laughs> and i'm pretty sure dustin does that quite well he does the other strength was reliable people with this personality type can be counted on to see their promises and responsibilities through even when it's difficult to do so we haven't really gotten to this point yet with dustin because we haven't gotten to the romance section but (laughs) this just reminded me of how persistent he was in season three trying to contact Susie. so sweet like he just wanted this stupid radio to work so he could reach Susie. If he wanted to, he would. Yeah, he was very, <laughs> he's just persistent. And I do think he's somebody that people can count on. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a lapse of judgment in season two. But the, like that's really only the true lapse of judgment that we see Dustin display. Yeah, and again, purpose. We, we just, we went on and on about how that was very not him. So right. that's, that's definitely not normal for him. Yeah. Another one was passionate. So this one says these types brim with interests and they take great pleasure in pursuing their hobbies. Nice. I am on a curiosity <laughs> voyage and these books are my paddles. Yeah. I just, that's it. That's just what it is. <laughs> he got altruistic and then he got charismatic. Oh, now, cha- yes. Y- yes. So now this is where the INFJ did not hit right there wasn't charisma in the introverted Mm. piece and that to me is such a key part of his personality his charisma yes yes right determined and inspiring protagonists often find their way into leadership roles this is kind of interesting to me because i think we sort of place mike in the leader role especially Mm -hmm. in season one but i think that's just because he was sort of placed there for us right but really dustin is more of a true leader I would agree. Right? Like, he's the one who calls Mr. Clark. He's like, hello, Mr. Clark. Can you tell me about <laughs> sensory deprivation tanks? And, like, can like he's the one who takes those steps. Mm-hmm. So, to me, Dustin is more of a leader. And in order to lead, you need charisma. Yeah. I, so, I think that is very accurate. Yeah. So, those are Dustin's strengths. Dustin reminds me of, have you ever met a guy who is, like, our age, but like older ladies just absolutely yes. love him yes like that's dustin yeah so some weaknesses now so for steve this is under weakness but i'm i'm not 
going to say it's always necessarily a weakness. And really, none of these are. So his first weakness is conflict averse, like we've mentioned. Mm, okay. Entertainers sometimes ignore and avoid conflict entirely. They tend to say and do what's needed to get out of such situations, but then they just move on to something more fun. So I don't know about the more fun part, but... Again, I I mentioned just the part when he just is like accepting that Nancy is with Jonathan. Now they never officially broke up, but Steve and Nancy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But um, yeah, they never officially broke up, but Steve Mm -hmm. just kind of accepts that she's gonna be with Jonathan now. Yeah. It's okay, Nance. And he does try to apologize, but he ends up sort of just like accepting it and then being cool with them. And he and and like. I do have to wonder if that's a result of the situation they're in. Like, it's just this takes priority. We don't like we don't have time to worry about personal drama mm-hmm. or if it's like this is just who Steve is. Like, he just right. he doesn't have any interest in, you know, fighting for something that obviously Nancy is not interested in fighting for. Mm-hmm. Another considered weakness is unfocused. Anything that requires, <laughs> yeah, Any, okay, yeah. Anything that requires long-term dedication and focus is a particular challenge for entertainers. Okay. So Steve, yeah, Steve is definitely a little all over the place sometimes. He definitely doesn't seem to be the most academically motivated student. That's for sure. And then even when he graduates, he's just sort of in limbo. He doesn't. Yeah, he's he's just like vibing. Yeah, he's just like I'm working at this ice cream shop. I'm not really going to college right now. You know. So yeah, he doesn't unfocused. really focused. Yeah, he doesn't really know what his next step is going to be in life. But I thought unfocused was really interesting because when it comes to matters of upside downiness, Steve is hmm. able to focus pretty well on the goal and get it accomplished. But it's like immediate, though. There's a different right. like there's, there's an like, urgency. There's an urgency versus like a long term focus is required. This is yes. like the Demobats are attacking me now. Right. Right. Like I can handle that. Yeah. But, and again, it comes back to like our Jancy episode a little bit where it's like we can handle these absolutely absurd mm. otherworldly issues. But when it comes to real world issues, it's much more difficult for them to to deal with, mm-hmm. which that's also in real life a indicator of severe trauma that happens yeah. to people very often. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's not to say it's just part of his personality and that may be a result of many other things, but... This sort of leads us into the next weakness, which is poor long-term planning. So entertainer personalities rarely make detailed plans for the future. To Mm -hmm. them, things come as they come, and they rarely bother taking the time to lay out steps and consequences. I think that's Steve. I agree. I think it's, it's like a weird one for sure, because we get this at the end, like this RV dream with his little nuggets. But But like he was in an RV. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think this dream actually materialized for him until he was put in that situation. Yes. And he came to terms with his undying love for Nancy. And right. he was forced to think about what he wants. And he was also faced with death. He was also faced with the very real possibility that he was going to die. And yes. that's when he was like, oh, wait, <laughs> I don't want to die because I have this idea. So it's not like he was sitting around thinking about his future and that's what he wanted. He even says to Nancy, like, it took me all this time to realize that that person was always you. Mm-hmm. So, it, so it's like not until he's experiencing it that, yes. he dis- that he realizes that's what he wants. It's a little bit of an impulsiveness. Mm-hmm. It is almost impulsive. But it's interesting, too, because I think there's a lot of people like this. For instance, like I know, I know Nick can be this way where it's like he doesn't get excited for like a trip until it's like mm, happening. Until it's happening, yeah. yeah. So I think for a lot of people, this is 
this is true like it's very difficult for them to picture what's coming until it's kind of becoming a reality happening yeah yeah okay all right so how about some weaknesses for dustin okay so for dustin uh the first one was unrealistic Mm-hmm. okay these were weird for me too so yeah. maybe you'll see it more than i did kind of like i feel like i saw some of steve's yeah. maybe more than you did many protagonists put pressure on themselves to right every wrong that they encounter but no matter how hard these personalities strive it is it just isn't realistic for them to solve all of the world's problems now i don't know if i see this for dustin He's definitely a problem solver, but to me, he can set a boundary in this way. Yeah, I agree. Right? I see Dustin as fueled more by curiosity than by justice. Right? And that's not to say that he doesn't value justice, but he is a sponge for knowledge and he's thriving (laughs) when he's applying it. Yes, I would agree with that as well. Yeah. This, to me, felt a little bit more like Nancy. I would say that too. (laughs) Where Nancy's like, must solve all problems, cannot rest until justice has been served. Girl, being an older sister is hard. Mm. (laughs) That sense of justice is real. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another one for Dustin. Again, I don't know if I totally really agreed with this. Was overly idealistic. I don't know about that. Yeah. Protagonists tend to have clear ideas about what's right and what's wrong. Again, yeah, I, I don't know about this. I also think this goes along with unrealistic. Personally, I find Dustin to be a realist. Yeah. He, he's not like an optimist to me where he thinks everything is always sunshine and butterflies, but he's also not a pessimist. Yeah. He's a realist. Like he accepts reality as it's presenting himself itself. And like you said earlier, like he's very pragmatic about it too. Like he doesn't really get his feelings hurt. He just, no. it is what it is. And it, he's very matter of fact about it so i don't see him as idealistic no and i think about the scene in season four when they find eddie hiding Mm -hmm. in the boathouse and eddie's like you're not gonna believe what i tell you and dustin's like i think you need to sit down yeah right have a seat and let's talk about this because you should try us and see what we don't believe so like that to me was just very even keeled on dustin's part so that doesn't feel like overly idealistic that just sounds like you're a realist like that that man needs to be a therapist dimensions are multiple and there is a vecna like just dustin's just accepted this right (laughs) like imagine him as an adult as a therapist one of his career paths was counselor yeah he would be excellent yeah Another one of his weaknesses was condescending. Mm. Protagonists' attempts to enlighten others may come across as patronizing, not the most effective strategy for persuading other people, unfortunately. I can see this. Yeah. He does tend to speak as if his opinions are facts. 100%. So much so that I think we, as the fan base in general, Mm -hmm. have a Dustin is always right perception. (laughs) right which is again why his five-star general comment about vecna is so perplexing Mm -hmm. because the duffer brothers knew this is my this is my analysis i like it the duffer brothers knew that dustin saying this particular thing about vecna would make it seem undeniably true Mm -hmm. but like what a better red herring because when you pair dustin's certainty regarding this upside down hierarchy with henry as an unreliable narrator you get infinite debate so true like is vecna the mind flayers five-star general dustin said it 
So Dustin is right. And we've only seen him be fully wrong once. Was that with Dart? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. And I wouldn't even consider him wrong. He was just acting right wrongly. He, was, he knew yeah. what Dart was. That's I'm very sorry. true. No, he, no he shot. Had to. He had to know. At least once he, you know, ate his cat. Of course. Well, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he, yeah. He did know when he, when he ate the cat. Because he tells Steve, like, I think he's a baby Temecorkin. Right. Or he tells, like, so, I don't know. He tells somebody. But, yeah. Yeah. He definitely speaks as if his opinions are fact. Um, another weakness is intense. When it comes to self-improvement, protagonists are rarely short on energy or determination. Mm -hmm. I can see this with his, like, thirst for knowledge and information. Yeah. He's very thirsty. He doesn't... He's all those overdue library books. I know. Right? Yes. That's true. He's very... He's He is very all in when it comes to something he's interested in or a goal he's pursuing. He would have a Stranger Things podcast. He would. Because <laughs> he can't stop himself. <laughs> he would 100% have a podcast. <laughs> Nick and I were just talking this morning. He was like, you go in there and you say a lot of words. I'm like, isn't it amazing how many words I, I have know. to say? It's not About we, this. How do we have so much to say? <laughs> There's so many fucking words. <laughs> and then Dustin's last weakness. Again, I just don't know if I feel this way. Yeah. Was overly empathetic. Mm. No. No. This is protagonists have a tendency to take on other people's problems as their own. This just really does not scream Dustin to me. No. He isn't emotionally sacrificial. Like he had his little sadness over Max's crush and he was, you know, she ended up being with Lucas, but it didn't disarm him for that long. Like he didn't. Right. He, he wasn't paralyzed by not winning Max's heart at all. Right. He knows, to me, Dustin knows how to balance where his energy is going. Yeah, he has really good emotional regulation skills, I yes. think. Yes, agreed. Yeah. So, I don't know. These weaknesses for me, for Dustin, didn't hit. I, I would agree. Okay. Yeah. So, let's talk about relationships. Okay. All right. So, for Steve, I had a couple uh, things to pull out about relationships. And so, really, the only context we ever see you know a romantic relationship with steve is with nancy obviously we do see him kind of be like hooking up with all these different girls but we never really see him in like a romantic context with anybody mm -hmm. else so here's a quote while entertainers can be willing to work on their relationships rather than swap them out it takes a great deal of maturity and experience for them to realize it can be worth the bother there you go I think this totally encompasses the way his relationship to and with Nancy has evolved over the years. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of him talking in season four about getting his thump on the head. Mm. Um, how he talks about like how Nancy is the person who sort of set him on the right path. There and, you go. And um, yeah, that took a great deal of maturity and experience for him to realize that Nancy, it was always Nancy. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. So that really screamed Steve to me. Good one, 16personalities.com. Right? <laughs> Good job. Another quote, um, entertainers tendency to avoid promises and commitments and jump from partner to partner sabotages necessary long-term goals like retirement planning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if Steve's quite there yet. I'm not so sure he's there yet, but this is very season four, Steve, where he's just like jumping from girl to girl but never getting never getting what he's looking for because he doesn't realize yet that that is nancy also i do think it speaks to the fact that we've even said that if nancy wants to go to emerson and steve wants to be with nancy steve's going with nancy mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He'll He's, give up, quote unquote, his own, quote unquote, long term plans that he doesn't have. Yeah, right. <laughs> to chase Nancy's dream with her. Yeah. Yes. He is. He's very self-sacrificial for the people he loves. And yeah, I think that's very Steve. The other quote that I pulled here, while they do last, relationships with entertainers are simply unforgettable. People Ooh. with this personality type always have new and <laughs> new and exciting activities up their sleeves. Sixty nine percent. new and exciting activities (laughs) and they genuinely enjoy spending each moment with their partners oh yay which like yeah that's again i'm i just keep going back to this rv dream but it it really is that because he just wants this sense of adventure and they're they're going to travel in their little rv but he just wants to be with people he loves he does yeah and he wants to try new experiences he sure does i will say there i didn't put it in here but there because we don't we don't know enough <laughs> to to say but there was a part in here about how entertainers are uh, very concerned with pleasure and their partners mm-hmm. which um yeah i i would i would venture to guess that relates to steve yeah i would say so <laughs> he seems like he would prioritize you i'd say he's a giver yeah i'm not gonna say what i really want to say but <laughs> amanda wouldn't like that not for the audience just for me <laughs> okay I wouldn't want to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> Since you're in love with me and everything. Yeah. I would hate to do that. So how about Dustin's relationships? So we don't have a whole lot to work with when it comes to Dustin in a romantic context. Right. But we do have three little things that I managed to squeeze out of this. Okay. We have his little implied crush on Nancy, which is actually kind of cute when you contrast him with Steve. Yeah. And they both see Nancy as you know this like pers- pursuable she's a, she's a she's a, a beautiful person who they want to pursue and she's cool before she had a stick up her butt right <laughs> so dustin's little implied crush on nancy and then we also have his crush on max in season two and then we finally have his relationship with Susie in season three here's a quote people with this personality type rarely settle for anything that falls short of their ideals and their romantic relationships are no exception hmm. So I don't think we have much context here, but this does kind of remind me of the overly idealistic weakness. Hmm. I don't think it necessarily means that he's shallow or has unrealistic standards. Right. But I do think that he thinks these people that he wants to like and has a crush on, I think he really thinks that they are like the best. Oh, yeah. Right? He thinks and speaks like so highly of Susie. It's coming from a genuine place. (laughs) And he really does think she's like a genius. Yeah. And she kind of is. She is. And she's the most amazing girl. And she looks like Phoebe Cates. Except she's just hotter. (laughs) And he really does kind of seem to idealize her. Yeah. Especially to Lucas and Mike and Elle and Max in season three when they don't even believe she exists. (laughs) She goes to another school. Yeah. So I don't think (laughs) so. I don't think it's so much that he doesn't settle for anything that falls short of his ideals. I just think he sees the best in the people that he chooses to like he does and and he has very high standards and there's nothing wrong with that if it's attainable Mm -hmm. which it clearly is yeah so he needs an an intellectual match absolutely which i i think is great i i think it's awesome to have really high standards and to not settle for anything less than what you need in your life everybody needs a Susie. i agree and she's great i think it's so funny that the rest of the gang meets Susie before we, I know before, before we before we actually see Dustin and Susie see each other in person. I know. 
Protagonists often make the first move. They may encounter their share of rejection as they search for a kindred spirit. Now, we don't know who made the first move here, but something Mm. tells me it was not Dustin. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I feel like it was Susie. You know, it's hard to say, right? Because, like, we do find out that she comes from a very religious upbringing, but she seems to not partake as much as, like, her dad, at least. I just picture her like, sing it, Dusty. (laughs) She's very confident. That's what I mean. Like, she would be like, do you want to take me out on a date? And he would be like, yeah, I I, kind of do. And (laughs) she would be like, okay. That's true. You know? She is. She's very matter of fact. Right. That's true. Like, he's not shy, but she is. She's like next level. Yeah. Like, I try to picture Dustin, like, courting Max and he was so awkward and unsuccessful at it. That's very true. That's very true. But, But Susie just is like, like I said, she's just like. I'm not helping you with this until you sing me the song. Yeah. she And that's why they're so great together because they both have standards and they are not willing to settle. Nope. Turn around. And I love that for them. Imagine if we had that <laughs> confidence at like 13. <laughs> like what? Nope. <laughs> Jeez. Where would we? We would be president by now. <laughs> oh, yes. We would be president. We would both of us. And me and you would both be president yes. at the same time. We would time. have to do it together. We would run together <laughs> and win together. Yes. The youngest first female presidents. <laughs> oh, presidents. <laughs> and then the last point in relationships about Dustin. Few personality types are keener than protagonists to establish a loving commitment with their chosen partner. Hmm. This just really got me thinking, though. Why are Dustin and Susie more equipped to handle a long-distance relationship than Jonathan and Nancy? And might I add, with no phones. With no phones. No cell phones. Well, no, no, not even. They they don't talk on the phone, Dustin and Susie. They only use the radio. Whereas They weren't on a phone never. in season four when he's change, she's changing his grade. They're still using the I radio? they're using the radio. He just got the radio in his room? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, because because we see like the um like the satellite is like out his window now. Well, maybe if Jonathan and Nancy had a cerebro, <laughs> things would have been a little bit better. I know. But this is July 1984 to March 1985, and Dustin and Susie seem to be more in like in regular communication than Nancy and Jonathan. Yeah. Susie sure. is legit hacking into the school <laughs> database to change Dustin's grade eight months later. In defiance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ himself. I love when she looks at the picture of him. Forgive me. I'm sorry. (laughs) And Jonathan and Nancy can't even figure out who was supposed to go where for spring break. (laughs) That's so true. Like, why are they more, like, mature and equipped I don't know. But Dustin and Susie, like, they, they, to me, like, they would get married. Oh, 100%. Right? Like, I, I already see it. It's beautiful. And they'll walk down the aisle to never-ending story. Her And her father is not going to be pleased. Let's talk about friendship. All right. F is for friends. Yes. Who do stuff together. <laughs> so here's a quote for Steve. Sometimes entertainers may go too far with risky or careless behaviors and try to bring others along for the ride. People with this personality type are sensitive, and rejecting these pastimes can be taken personally, ending friendships then and there. Entertainers don't have time to be lectured. I Hmm. thought this one was kind of funny because 
it actually is sort of flip-flopped for me like i picture steve as the the lecturer in this situation Hmm. and he ended a friendship with tommy and carol when he realized they had gone too far and he and he lectured them and they you know he ended the friendship with them because he realized he needed like a deeper meaning Mm -hmm. so yeah i thought this quote was was not quite steve but steve adjacent okay yeah steve adjacent yeah (laughs) so i felt like yeah i don't think steve is a particularly risky behavior type type of guy i don't think he's he's particularly careless either and i don't think he 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 doesn't have time to be lectured for sure because when we see the kids in season two questioning his decision of like staying on the bench quote unquote he is Mm -hmm. like not having it yeah um until he gets knocked out and they just kidnap him and put him in the back of a car Nancy (laughs) (laughs) and Mike is like what What? (laughs) (laughs) who's driving this car (laughs) for real that was all of our question right in the beginning of that scene so good and Max is just like trying her very best Max would have been given a car to drive before she was supposed to be driving a car yeah for sure Another quote is, entertainers love touching on intellectual and philosophical subjects, and they seek out a diversity of personality types and perspectives to keep among their friends. But as these friends grind into the details of some esoteric topic about the long-term consequences of faltering European economic output... What the fuck is happening? I don't know! <laughs> entertainers inevitably find their minds wandering, hoping for yeah, someone... Yeah, my mind is wandering. Right? <laughs> hoping for someone to rush up and say, guess what just happened? This one okay. kind of made me laugh because by season four, his best friend is a lesbian who is several years younger than him. <laughs> and he listens to her talk about all these like deep and introspective like movies and talk about like her love life and mm, and yeah. you know the, the challenges of being a, a gay youth in Indiana in the eighties. And he's just like, Okay. Boobies. Boobies. <laughs> I hear you, Robin, but have you considered? (laughs) But have you perhaps considered boobies? And she has, I'm sure. I love boobies. You love boobies. 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 (laughs) Yeah. That's a great, right? A great way to apply that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was a little bit like, what? Yeah. And, and, you know, he's obviously friends with the kids too. It's it's a very eclectic group of people that he surrounds himself with. And I felt like the the part when it says like they're definitely interested in like intellectual and philosophical subjects but as it gets too deep they 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 lose it and it reminded me of when dustin is talking about the mind flare and he's like explaining the mind flare and steve is like like the germans (laughs) (laughs) yeah yes okay all right i got you yeah it's like steve's college essay comparing his grandfather in the war to him winning a basketball game literally like okay yes like he okay he can't really conceptualize very abstract ideas without grounding them you have to put them in a very literal yes steve con okay all right i got it (laughs) and then the last quote which i really loved this can all give the impression that entertainers are shallow pleasure-centric creatures who care little for anyone but themselves this is a terrible misunderstanding and far from the truth but nevertheless it makes friendships with intuitive or n personality types challenging Hmm. (laughs) which if you forgot dustin does have an n in his personality type and i love this quote because steve 
is deep and sensitive about the people he loves. But it's interesting because I think a lot of people who don't know him well assume that he is shallow until they know him better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which for sure. I think He's Dustin up a did. lot. Yeah, Dustin did think that about him. Like mm-hmm. even when. <laughs> when Dustin calls Lucas on the radio and he's like, I'm with Steve. And Lucas is like, Steve Harrington. (laughs) And yeah, like Jonathan is is shocked in season four to learn that Steve is actually a good leader. So I think, you know, he gives this outward appearance of like, Mm -hmm. he's not so smart and he's shallow and all that, but he's actually quite a deep and sensitive individual. Yeah. Like even Jonathan, like, Imagine if who who would have been here right. and led if it wasn't for you being here, Steve. Like, yeah, Steve is actually he's matured a lot. Yeah. Some dust in friendship. Protagonists put sincere, dedicated effort into staying close with their friends. This got me thinking about how real Dustin's post summer camp experience was. He got home, mm-hmm. right? At the beginning of season three, and the group surprised him and Cute. they like Yeah, and then he pepper sprayed Lucas in the eyes. Um, But then he was isolated from them for the rest of the season. And it's just such a real experience. Like, your friend goes away for the summer, and they come home to people who haven't been apart, who've been having experiences together, and you've been gone for two months. Yeah. Right? And you feel like you come home, and it's like, I don't really feel like I fit in right now anymore it's weird yes. it's a very like weird real experience i it feel is. like it is summer camp is weird summer camp is weird and you meet all these people and you become hyper close with them over the course yes, of just really like, fast a couple weeks and yes. then it's all snatched away from you and then it's a, it's and gone. you never see them again you never no. talk to them again but then your actual relationships you're like two months delayed because right. you've just been I, I don't know yeah this, this best like, friend boot camp it reminds me of like going on a cruise like if that you, too if you've ever been on a cruise as a teenager like you hang out with all these people from all over the world and you you just like become close with one or two of them and mm-hmm. you just like literally never see them again never again they live in your like, best friend they live in like idaho or something right yeah. or like england yeah or like yeah or canada <laughs> or something but I feel like Dustin was legitimately hurt by the separation in season three from his original friend group even though he does find his groove with Robin, Steve, and Erica, mm-hmm. he just wanted to bring everybody into the fold with him, like showing them Cerebro and telling them about Susie. But everyone was really distracted. Right. So I think Dustin came home prepared to put that sincere effort into these friendships. And we see him do that again and again. But mm-hmm. season three was just sad because it didn't feel like they were reciprocating his efforts. No, they were all very distracted by their ladies and things like that. But he was trying to be distracted by his lady and nobody believed right, him. Nobody he cared. wanted to like relate to them. Be like, I have a lady too. Look, I have a lady. Yeah. And Will just wanted to play D&D. <laughs> Poor Will. <laughs> Most protagonists find it difficult to respect anyone who takes shortcuts, disrespects others, or refuses to challenge the status quo. Mm. Now, this reminded me a lot of his love for Eddie. Yeah. Because Dustin has such a deep respect for Eddie, and I think it's largely because Eddie doesn't conform, and he absolutely does challenge the status quo. Yes. And it also kind of reminds me of the boy's reverence for Bob, especially after we lose him, Mm -hmm. where they they talk about how he started the AV club, and Mm -hmm. he taught Mr. Clark everything he knows. And like I think that they really respected that Bob always stayed true to himself, even Mm -hmm. though he was probably made fun of a lot, just like they are. Right. So I think I think all of the boys really have a little bit of a sense of this. 
These personalities maintain warm, caring, and supportive connections with many people, but they tend to show their full selves, including their insecurities, only to an inner circle of friends who have earned their trust. I think this is actually really true for Dustin. Yeah. He is highly capable of forming new relationships, right? So he can build and create relationships with many people. He's actually the character we see embrace the most newcomers. Yes. And he does this more than any other character. Mm. So he accepts Elle, Max, Steve, Robin, Erica, and Eddie. True. Like, he's the one, really, who brings all of these people into the fold. He's I mean, the common denominator. It's true. I mean, Lucas kind of worked on Max a little bit, but, like, Dustin wanted her yeah. to be a part of things. Right. Like, Dustin accepts the most. Yeah. And br- introduces the most new and accepts the most new. You know and what I mean? I think that that's a really interesting point, too, because he clearly cares a lot for Susie, but he never brings her into the fold. And it makes me wonder if it's, like, a result of lack of trust fully or if it's just that he doesn't want to put her in danger it could be really either one but or she's like completely inaccessible Uh, that too like but honestly though like i feel like she would be a good person to have on the team because she would be but but how's she gonna get like yeah like yes from a practicality standpoint she needs to move (laughs) she needs to move her whole family all no no many of them no please get this poor girl out of utah (laughs) But I also think, I do agree that his vulnerability is reserved for those who are closest to him. Absolutely. Yeah. And then just one quote to end on for Dustin as a friend. Protagonists can be among the best friends anyone could wish for. Yeah. I would love to have him as a friend. I know. All right. So let's wrap it up with just like some other points. This is just kind of a a general wrap up of the personality type. So for Steve, Mm -hmm. so there's a, a parenthood section. (laughs) And I thought, since Steve is everyone's favorite mother, I would include this. Here's a quote. Discipline is far from their strongest suit, but hindsight and maturity have their effects, and entertainers are often keen to prevent their children from suffering the same hurts and setbacks they themselves experienced. People with the entertainer personality type are quite sensitive themselves and expect their children to be respectful and considerate of what the rules are, which is a point of contention through the teenage years. Oh, God. <laughs> so it just reminded me a lot of, like I mentioned before, when he's like laying down the rules in, I believe it's the gate or the mind flayer. I can't remember which episode, but when, when he gets the shit beat out of him by Billy and he's like, yeah, we have to stay here. We're staying on the bench. Oh, yeah. Like, nobody listens. Yeah. And nobody <laughs> listens to him at all. You know, he doesn't want Dustin to go through the insecurity that I think that he went through. And mm. still goes through as as an older teenager. Like he he gets vulnerable with Dustin and explains to him kind of like what his method is for getting ladies, and mm-hmm. he helps him with his hair, and he's just kind of there for him in a way that I think that he really needed when he was Dustin's age, and mm. I I think that's how he would be as you know a real parent too. Oh, I wonder. And Steve could have used a Steve. I know. I think he really needed an older brother. And I think Dustin did too, especially considering that Dustin is being raised by a single mother who is obviously busy. And she clearly has a very busy and good job because she lives in a freaking mansion. Mm. So I think he really needed that extra support. And Steve was happy to provide that because he's a great parent. Mama Steve. Mama Steve. Just a couple other quotes about the entertainer. Few personality types are as charming and attractive as entertainers. Entertainers' energy, enthusiasm, and down-to-earth attitude are invaluable in many areas, including their own personal growth. Steve grows a lot from season Steven. one. Steven. 
Yes, he does. He grows a lot from season one. And like I said earlier, there are so many parts of this, like, quote unquote, old Steve that really shine through as positives Mm -hmm. as he matures. So, like, his willingness to cooperate with others, his just gregarious nature, his willingness to self-sacrifice for others i think that that all comes from being a good team player and i don't know like i think that he really i don't think he realized in earlier seasons that he needed people around him to support him like he needed a support system that he didn't have and just you know coming from his early years of trying really hard to make friends and stuff i think that that all supported him in finding this support system that he really needed And then finally, I I just got to say, I'm not 100% sold on this personality type for Steve, but an overarching theme for the entertainer is that they are deeper and more sensitive than they are perceived to be on the outside. And I think that that overall is quite accurate for Steve. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I don't know. I would be curious to look at some other types Mm -hmm. to see if you feel how I felt when I started to do that. I know. I, I really to see like if it that really you, does fit. I like that you did that, that you swapped out some of the letters just to see what it would be like. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I could maybe do that for Steve, but I felt I'm like curious. the entertainer was pretty close in a lot yeah. of ways. No, I agree. Because I wasn't totally sold on the protagonist personality type for Dustin either until I started looking at some of the other ones. Yeah. So particularly the commander, which would have been ENTJ replacing feeling and thinking. Mm-hmm. And the campaigner, which was ENFP, replacing judging (laughs) with prospecting. Yeah. ENTJ was too cold and ENFP wasn't strategic enough. If there was a type that I would have been okay with besides ENFJ for Dustin, it would have been INTJ, which is the architect. Mm. This would flip extroverted and introverted and feeling and thinking. Okay. But then I think about how, like I said, he's been the character who has formed the most relationships like out of the original party, which does speak to his extroversion. True. He's charismatic. And I feel like INTJ Mm -hmm. removed the emotional component. Yeah. Definitely not. It says that INTJs can be socially clueless and dismissive of emotion, which is just not. Yes. Not it. There were some standouts for me from INTJ. These personalities aren't particularly swayed by appearances or social status, so they aren't afraid to befriend people who might be thought of as outsiders Mm. by the mainstream. So I thought of Eddie. That's very Dustin, yeah. Yeah. And in school, they may have been called bookworms or nerds, but rather than taking these labels as insults, many architects embrace them. They recognize their own ability to teach themselves about and master any topics that interest them. I love that. That's so cute. Yeah. Overall, though, I think the protagonist is the best option for Dustin. Mm-hmm. Um, I really feel like ENFJ marries Dustin's emotional awareness and love for his friends with his thirst for knowledge and his leadership skills. The yeah. other type sort of stripped him of one or more of these pieces that I feel like are critical to his character. I so would agree. I'm, yeah, I'm happy with the protagonist for Dustin. I Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that that's probably the most accurate one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did we do it? I think so. I think so, too. I think the entertain. I would have to look and see some of the other ones for Steve and just yeah. see. But I don't know. It sounds right to me. I would agree. I would agree. I feel like, honestly, I think that if you just took Steve's MBTI and put I at the front instead of E, it would be Eddie. Interesting. The adventurer? <laughs> yeah. ISFP is the adventurer. I could see it. 
I could see it. I hmm. maybe we should do one for for Eddie later on at some point. We could but. do Eddie and Chrissy. Oh, to see what, what a beautiful, we, very little what we know about what Chrissy. could have we, been. <laughs> yeah, we could do an Eddie Chrissy. That would be kind of cute because be we don't have an MBTI for season four. I yet. know that would be fun. All right, everybody, okay. we did it. Yay. So let us know what you think. If you have any, I don't know, any personality types out there that you think might match better or any thoughts, let us know. But that being said. Bye, Steve. Bye, Dustin. All right. <laughs> stay strange, everybody. Stay strange. To keep in touch and stay informed about upcoming Starcourt Study Hall episodes, follow us on Instagram at Starcourt Study Hall.